welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show uh, today's our guest is vincent rodriguez from anvi invest welcome vincent hey thank you for having me on ram Sure, sure. Little bit about Vincent. Vince has been the leading force behind Anvi Invest since its inception. Coming from an analytical background, he leads the team in the acquisition of new assets. He has been featured on major podcasts that stream worldwide. So with that, Vincent, do you want to add anything to your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, like uh, you, Ramakrishna, I'm actually from South India as well. You're from a neighboring state. So I came here in 2008, did my master's in mechanical engineering, continued doing my uh, MBA. And then I started working for a startup tech company in Southern California, did that for five years. And I now work for a medical device company, which is actually where I'm taking this call from Applied Medical during my lunch break. Awesome. Awesome. I know you're, you're working on... Uh... Uh, tech background, but how did you get into real estate space? Oh, yeah. So I started with the tech background, like every other Indian person, you know, right? They come here, we're either IT or software or engineer or doctor. So we did the, I did the same, uh, but I stumbled across uh, real estate by reading Rich Dad Poor Dad because of my friend Vivek. And uh, I started going really deep into it. So I spent the next six months reading every book I could find my hands on. So then I was comfortable enough to buy my first triplex in a town called Bakersfield in Kern County in California. So that's where I started. And then I, I took another year to buy the second duplex. And then during COVID, I went crazy and bought all kinds of assets. So now I'm currently at 30 doors. Uh, share me like, you know, your process of acquiring these uh, assets. Yeah, so uh, I started off like with just MLS. So, but you know, as I started going to meetups and such, so what I did was I have my own meetup in my town where I live, but I also try to go to the meetups to in the county or the city where I'm buying real estate. And so I started driving like four hours to go to Bakersfield on like a weekend, and then I'll go to the meetup and I started meeting some people. So I was able to meet uh, one of uh, my good buddies now, Jesse Sotelo. He's my wholesaler there. So he brings me deals off market and I pick a lot of the deals from him uh, in Bakersfield. So that was that was my first exposure to off-market deals. That's one of them. That's how I sourced deal. But I do buy still a lot of deals from the market, but I'm very good with negotiations. So if I get a hand... Uh, if I get a hang of uh, hang of the listing agent who's selling the property, even though I'm not a realtor, I'm able to negotiate a very good deal based on what they want. I find out what they want, and then I'll just give them what they want. So I'm able to beat a lot of competition like that too. So now you got these off market deals. What is your strategy on those deals? So there, I only do I only do buy and hold rental properties, uh, mostly long term. I just got into Airbnb this year. But they're all long-term buy and hold. Sometimes I buy them with cash because in Bakersfield, they're not very expensive. A couple of hundred grand, you can buy a single-family duplex. And then I go and do the rehab and then, um, you know, just uh, cash out, refinance on it. And then, you know, just put a long-term 30-year note on it. So that's that's pretty much my strategy. So I can play with the few hundred thousand dollars I have. But I also just buy, you know, just put money down and just buy an investment property as well, like 25% down as well. 
but i raised capital got it and how like what kind of renovations you did on those properties and how long it took yeah so you know the anytime we do the math on how long it takes i usually now double it it never takes that long it takes double right so i have done just minor rehabs uh, just you know paint carpet uh, those kind of deals to a complete rehabs to the complete rehabs i just finished one took me way longer than i wanted wanted to do i bought it in july i was only able to rent it in february but that's a little bit of a different style because that's actually it's housing like older people housing so i do it with my buddy jesse so he leases from me and then he does all the management because i am not very focused on management i don't like it so i like to acquire assets raise capital fund the deals find the deals but then i will want to hand it over to a third party management or my buddy andrew who's part of only he kind of oversees most of the Uh, management. So that particular asset that you're asking about, I bought is now run by my buddy Jesse and he just pays me um, $2,400 per month on leasing and he makes more. He keeps the difference. But the mortgage on that, since I did all the rehab, put a lot of money out, it's only about $900. So that's a nice little split on there. Got it. Um, so your uh, your portfolio is uh, comprised of uh, completely duplexes and triplexes, I guess, and even sing- single families also, right? Yeah, just the one I live in it has a, it's a single family in Costa Mesa, Orange County, and then it has an ADU in the back. So it's kind of two units. Yeah. So how exactly you are managing from lending point of view? Is there any restrictions? So I, I heard like, you know, only we can buy like 10, only 10 properties uh, for single family or investment properties. Yeah, you're right. So I have 14 properties right now. And how I do that is I only I only put properties on my name if I have to. I believe I have four or five. Not too sure, but uh, my buddy Drew has the two or three. My sister's got a couple. And then whoever I'm raising capital from, like let's say my buddy Kwan or my buddy Steve, these guys all have uh, uh, properties on their own, on their credit with their W-2 incomes and stuff. So that's how I'm able to keep growing like that. Got it. And you mentioned you're raising capital also. So how exactly you're structuring uh, your deals with uh, you know, your uh, partners? Yeah, so very simple stuff would be, let's say you, you give me 20, 25% down, you get half the asset, and then I do everything. I find the deal, fund, uh, uh, get the loans for you on your name. And then I collect the rents, I manage, I find tenants, I do the repairs, and you just get a return. Technically, it's like 50% of the income goes to you, right? But I just pay, I've been paying just a flat 6% because to just to keep uh, easy math for me. So it's easy. How much money you give me, you just uh, you get 6% on it. But going forward, I think I'm going to switch to 50% of the profits will go to you after all the expenses have been paid off, obviously. Got it. Got it. And during our offline chat, you mentioned you working. Uh, you you worked on like some creative financing stuff. So w- would you share a little bit more about that? You know your experiences around that. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I mean, I have a good W two job, make six figures in California. It's all good, but you know, you can only do so much with your own money. So I'm always on the hunt to figure out how I can buy more assets for myself and then friends and family I care about. So I will always come up with creative ways, right? So one simple way would be is to raise capital from someone else and then put them on title. You do a tenants in common. And then, you know, they might not have been able to do that by themselves. So I can co-sign with them or my buddy can co-sign. So I, I've 
come up with all these uh, creative ways to strategize to put money down from different sources because you know people give you money not based on the house you're buying it's based on the trust you have right so i can call my sister and ask her to pay off someone she's never met her his car because she will do that because she trusts me right so then uh, she gets equity in the house that guy might not have had money to pay off a $40,000 note on a you know car so all these different things i'm able to do and then so i i bring a lot of value to the table so i'm able to do all these uh, creative deals because i don't have a lot of money by myself so i have to do these to make all these different deals work but it's kind of fun for me great great uh, how exactly you source the deals and what is your criteria so what what is parameters you look before you know acquiring any deals you know the market's gone so crazy around so nowadays uh, you know it's you know people are still looking at 1% deal rule i mean that's not a thing you know but i live in california that's never been a thing so i am focused more on different things now so i'm actually have five properties in escrow right now i'm selling three in bakersfield and i'm buying two nicer ones in a nicer area in mentone in highland california which is they we call it the inland empire so the, i'm moving to those areas so it's less management intensive so i am as into cash flow because i don't really need a lot of cash flow as long as my you know debt is covered right so you just do basic math like dscr just make sure it's over 1.1 or something so you're covering stuff but there's a lot of um there is more appreciation in nicer areas and people always pay rent right so i am more interested in that because i've been in bakersfield for four years and it's just in areas where i shouldn't have gotten into but you know i've held on for four years and i'm going to cash out like 400 grand from it i'm taking some of that money buying more assets in 31 so i'm doing i'm doing the right things now but it take taken me some time to understand it so my metrics are is the area nice uh who are the tenants how much are they under market value can they afford more rents can their rents go up is the area appreciating how old is the property what kind of repairs it needs if it breaks even and there's just just a little bit more so i can pay the people who gave me money i can just hold on to it that's how i do the deals i only do the deals if it's a uh, appreciating market and the neighborhood is good i don't really look for cash flow from these um, assets for now when i buy so people call it what is what do they call it um cap rate at closing i'm not too worried about cap rate at closing i'm i'm interested in uh, the cap rates uh, in 3 or 4 years when the expenses go down and the rents go up got it got it and uh, would you share any of best real estate investing experience so far yeah i could share um even even the last deal i just did which is actually a home i bought for myself uh, it's a it's a million dollar home in california it's about million 75 actually and you know i don't make that much money especially considering i already have four mortgages so my debt to income ratio is really high so it's kind of difficult for me to buy that deal and then pay the mortgage which is over $6000 right because you know even six figures that's all the money i would get after taxes so what i did was like it's a big house it's a nice plot so i have two roommates um and then i have an adu in the back right so if you combine all of that income coming in per month it almost covers the entire mortgage not all of it obviously but i spent like maybe 10 1500 bucks just what i was paying for rent anyway right and then what about the money i had to put 120000 down so what i did was i went to my sister and said hey you know you got 120 grand she's like sure what do you want now so i said i'll give you half of this asset which is worth over a million dollars and then i'm going to live in it and she's like okay so she paid the down payment for it 
I moved into the house. I am living in it. And then in five years time, whenever the when the market, uh, when, when the rates go back down a little bit or, you know, if there's enough equity, I'll, what I'll do is I'll refinance the property and then pay her off the 120 grand. But I will, she will still own 50% of a million dollar plus asset in California. So that's the kind of value I can bring to people because I'm able to take these calculated risks, return their capital, and then they still hold assets. So now we can use that 120 grand again to go buy something else. I've actually did that to three of my investors last year. Uh, in one year, I was able to return their capital and they still own half of their respective assets. Cool. Awesome. And w- would you also share any of your challenging experiences or worst experiences? Yeah, my challenging experience would be the first couple of deals I bought in Bakersfield because I didn't know a lot about, you know, how important being in a, a different neighborhood is. And, you know, the tenants are not as good in, you know, um, neighborhoods which are not very good, right? So I bought in those neighborhoods because the numbers look good on paper because, you know, I'm very analytical. I didn't know about the people factor. So I went and bought these assets, which were terrible in terms of repairs and, you know, people not paying rent, breaking the house, all that stuff. So I'm in the process of selling these three assets. It looks like I will be able to sell it off in the next um, couple of months. Even selling them, it's a little bit of a hassle because, you know, they want these kind of repairs and, you know, get the estoppels from the tenants and all these different things. So those those have been challenging, but it's a great learning experience because I don't see real estate as just something that you do and then I'm kind of retired on a beach. I'm looking at it as, okay, I have this knowledge. How many people can I help achieve financial freedom? I'm not as interested myself as much anymore. So I am trying to leverage my information so all these lessons that I've learned, like you asked me about, well, what are the challenging aspects of real estate? It's like buying in bad neighborhoods and such, but I'm able to use that to help me in the future since I'm going to be doing this for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you'll, you'll learn a lot from the, you know, the mistakes we do, we do right? Yeah. So many like location is very, very important for especially like real estate. Yeah, yeah so important. And, and what, what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now? Yeah, so I'm super excited about liquidating a portion of my portfolio, maybe one to two million dollars worth, and then buy a multifamily deal. I have a very close friends and family I'm raising capital from, so maybe raise five, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars, and then um, buy something for two to three million dollar range, a multifamily, and also my buddy Drew Andrew, he is more of the operations guy in, in our business. So what he's going to do is he's going to be for taking over most of the management and also doing the Airbnbs. So so we are going to be switching over to multifamily and Airbnbs and also look into the keep looking into the duplex triplex, but in nicer areas. So we don't want to do the not nice areas anymore because it's at this point in my career in real estate, it's not worth for me to manage those tenants anymore, even though I have a third party property management. So that's where we are moving. So less management intensive, less cash flow, lots of equity. Uh, good luck with that. And a- any one advice that have impact on you, Vincent? Any advice for uh, who? For listeners? No, for you. Uh, any any an advice that you have received that have major impact on you? Yeah, I would say what I started doing was I started meeting like, you know, like people like you, actually. So you have podcasts. I talked to you. I talked to Joe Farrell. I talked to a bunch of guys. Uh, 
top markets I was able to get on. And then I started going to all these events where people think better than me. They're just better thinkers. They have different mindset. So I don't know if you know, you probably know Vinny Chopra, right? Yeah. So I was in uh, Jake and Gino's event. You probably know those guys too. So I was, uh, I got the, you know, the VIP ticket, whatever. So pay a little bit extra. I'm paying a little bit extra to get into these guys' minds. So I was able to have dinner with Vinny and, uh, you know, Gino Barbro and those guys. And, you know, they, they have such a different way of thinking. So I, just uh, talking to them just gave me a lot of confidence and motivation in life. So, um, you know, like Vinny's worth like a billion dollars. He has so many. He's such a nice guy. He just tells you all the stuff he knows, you know, how important it is to have relationships with people. You really, It's all about mindset. 90% is mindset. It's, it's nothing to do with math. Though you have to know those things, but it's beyond those things to get royalty. So. Those kind of things is just putting yourself in places where people have high thinking and high value. That's what I do with my life now. I refuse to hang out with a lot of my friends I used to have in college and just, you know, growing up or even in Southern California. I don't have any interest in going out and getting drunk or watching a football game every day for the next hundred years, right? It's not exciting. So I only go to certain things. And if you want to see me, you come to my events or I go to places where I'm the idiot because I want to learn. So that's that's the biggest thing I've learned in my life is, you know, net worth is your network. You know, they say that cliche thing and, you know, you're the average of five people you see and all that stuff. I My close friends, uh, my buddy JK, Andrew, Ryan, all these guys, they make way more money than, right? They have their own business. That's why, you know, they're my best friends too. So I'm learning from them, but I am more into asset stuff. So I'm very good at that. So they're learning that from me. So that's that's exciting. Powerful. Yeah. Thank you. So any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful? Yeah, I uh, I would say personal habits. I wake up, up uh, pretty much weekdays or weekends. It's about 6.30 to 7. And then I hit the gym and then I go to work after. I kind of fast most of the day and I go back home and eat. So I have a very regiment or very protocol kind of behavior. So I kind of follow that. If I don't do that, I kind of get sidetracked. I start eating chips at seven in the morning. It's the day's over for me, you know. So I gotta I gotta follow certain things. Like I have to go to the gym, even though like I, I haven't eaten in three days. I'm I won't probably eat till like Tuesday. I do like a week fast every year. So, you know, but I still try to go to the gym, go to the sauna, do my biking. Those kind of things are very important to keep like your motivation and your your life moving forward. If you fall off those kind of habits, start eating bad, you know, you feel bad and then you start eating more and then you sleep late, you wake up late. Now you kind of like ruined your cycle and it's kind of like bad, right? So I try to have certain kind of uh, restrictions. I don't really drink alcohol, you know, all those things. Great. So any books that impacted your life and what way? Oh, all the books. I'll read all the books you can. Uh, if you want to get into real estate, I recommend obviously Richard Porter, a bunch of any books, Bigger Pockets makes. I like those, like Raising uh, Capital by Hunter Thompson, you know, Build Better Profits by Jake and Gino. All, there's so many. I could do a, in 10 hours on just books. Cool. And how are you giving back to community, Vincent? Yeah, I like to say that I give back to community by helping them achieve their financial freedom and uh, helping them buy properties that they won't be able to buy without my help. So that is my biggest. And I also help the tenants. I help a lot of those tenants in my properties. The first ones I bought or, uh, you know, you know, a little bit 
a poor neighborhood. So I they pay below market rents as long as they pay rents. You know, I only raise very little. You know, I help them out like that too. Great. And how can listeners can connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram. It's on the invest, A-N-B-I, and then invest, one word. You can email me at uh, vincentonvinvestments.com or you can go to our website, onweinvest.com. We also have our own podcast. It's called RE Social Podcast. Cool. And thank you. Thank you, Vincent. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for adding value to the show. Thank you, sir. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate and review and if you want to connect with me please send me a message info at ushacapital.com thank you for listening creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast i hope you learned something from the show see you in the next episode thank you any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only as always please consult with your own cpa legal and financial advisor before investing